What is up, everybody? How you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? Fat? Did I hear fat? How was your Thanksgiving? Fat. Yeah, mine was fat too. I feel like I'm still in the Thanksgiving coma, you know, so there was a pie and I ate pretty much all of it myself, except for one little sliver that made it home to my house. And yesterday, Kenzie was like, babe, are you doing anything with this pie? And I'm like, it's mine. Don't touch it, right? Saving it for after church today, right? Um, It is uh, Christmas season now is upon us, right? So I'm so excited. And today we're starting a new series called Advent. I'm going to explain what Advent is today, but I have good news for you. Christmas isn't just December 25th in the church. Christmas is a season. And so it's going to be really awesome. I I can't wait to preach this message to you today. First, I want to tell you about what we're doing this Christmas. This Christmas, we are releasing a Christmas special um, that is going to be available on Christmas Eve that you can watch with your family at home gather around the fireplace, watch the Christmas special by LifeCo, and it's going to be absolutely awesome. We're starting rehearsals for it. We got the camera gear coming in. We got the sound gear coming in. The whole thing is going to be filmed in the new Richmond space, which I'm super excited about. And I don't want to give too much away, but on Christmas Eve, it'll be available. Depending on whatever your family traditions are, you'll be able to watch Christmas Eve. You can watch Christmas morning. Whenever you want to watch with your family, it'll be a Christmas special by LifeCo. We're going to bring Christmas to you this year. So I'm super excited about it. It's going to be awesome. Hey, I want to read two verses to you to kick off this message today. The first one is Isaiah chapter 9. Let's read Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great Light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of, the, of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From this time forth, forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Come on, this is a good verse. I'm going to read to you uh, John chapter 1. says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome it. Um, I don't know about you, but I cannot stand daylight savings time. I think it's the worst invention in human history, um, I, I, the only thing I like is the one day of year where I feel like I get one extra hour of sleep, and beyond that, I do not like daylight savings time because um, it's like four o'clock and you feel like it's time to go to bed. Come on, anybody, anybody, yeah. It's like four o'clock and it's time to go to bed and you have like a party at seven o'clock and you're like, oh my gosh, like, what is going on here, right? And so. So, you know, your kids are like still every bit as awake, but you are like, I'm ready for bed. It's dark outside, right? I hate daylight savings. I hate when it gets dark super early. 
We grew up in Germany. I spent some time in Germany, three years, and they're even higher up on the hemisphere. So, man, it is dark at like 2 p.m., 3 p.m. The sun goes down, and it is so, so dark. Now, in the summer in Germany, it'll be, it'll be light till like 11 p.m. It's pretty awesome. But in the winter, it is so dark and so cold. I hate this time of year. <laughs> But being honest, I hate this time of year. I hate how dark it is. I hate how people drive this time of year. Stop it. Stop doing that. Right? Drive like a normal human being, but people drive awful and their their song is going, it's the most wonderful time of then they're right and car accidents and all kinds of stuff. I hate this time of year because of how dark it is. I don't like darkness. I don't like dark, I don't like cold, I don't like dreary darkness. Um, The reality is that many of us here today are maybe experiencing darkness that isn't just um, from the winter season, but maybe you've got personal darkness going on in your life. Maybe you've got some challenge, maybe you have some struggle, it's a personal darkness that you're going through in your life. Just last night, literally last night, um, so a year ago, there was a... Uh, a mouse that climbed through my bedroom wall, like stayed, it got stuck in my bedroom wall. And all night long, for like two nights in a row, we heard scratch, 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 like all night long. So Kenzie and I are laying there and Kenzie's like, kill the thing. And I'm like, it's in the wall. And she's like, rip open the wall and kill the thing. So I'm like getting my, tools and I'm getting ready to kill the thing and like Merry Christmas you filthy animal you know uh, (laughs) like this is what I feel like this was a year ago and the thing died in the wall and it smelled up our entire bedroom and it died on the wall that shared a wall with my closet and my clothes smelled like a dead mouse for months, like I washed them over and over and over and people would be like, you smell weird. I'm like, no, I think you had COVID. Your smell smells messed up. No, your smell's messed up. It's not me, it's you, right? No, it was totally me. If I smelled weird to you at some point in this last year, it was because a mouse died in my closet. A mouse died in my closet in the middle of the night, the wall that shares our bedroom and we ripped out the carpet We like washed my clothes a million times. We finally got the smell under control. And just last night I heard. (laughs) We brought in exterminators. They looked through, they're like, we don't see how the mouse got in. I think you're good. I think it was a freak accident. And just last night, the mouse is trying to get up through. I'm going through darkness right now. (laughs) Very dark. Um, I have that, I'm going through, you know, I don't know about you, but I was sitting at Thanksgiving, just enjoying my time. Thanksgiving's awesome. I'm so glad COVID's almost over. The Delta wave is gone. Everything's kind of passing. You turn on the news, Omicron, new strain, far more contagious than Delta. It's like, oh my gosh, right? Here we go again, right? It's a worse strain. Right when you think that the sun is about to come up, something gets worse. Right when you think the season's about to change, 
it gets even darker. Right when you think, and that's, the, that's kind of how this time of year is. It gets darker every single day. It gets darker and darker and darker. You may have a personal darkness. You may have a global darkness that we're all going through. Darkness has a name, right? For me, last night, the name was Mouse, right? Um, it could have been COVID-19 is the, is the name of the darkness, it could be Delta Wave is the name of the darkness. It could be Omicron is the name of darkness. If you were alive in the 40s, the name of darkness would have been Hitler or Nazis or um, World War II or atomic weapons or whatever it is, maybe the darkness, right? That fear, that, that thing that is kind of looming over you, that horrible season, that horrible time. There's been very dark times throughout history and what we're going through has been maybe the hardest time that maybe many of us have been alive, but Darkness is a thing, it happens, it comes, it challenges, it, it's not a fun time. Um, Advent is the opposite of darkness. Darkness may have many names, it may have a, a, a name of a sin in your life, it may have an addiction in your life, it may, it may have all different kinds of names, but light has one name. Light has one name, and that name is Jesus. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, cannot, and will not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, cannot, will not overcome the light that is Jesus. Advent, the season of Advent. I want to talk to you for a moment about what Advent is and what kind of a season it is. And I want to encourage you today that whatever darkness you are facing, Advent is the answer. And I'm going to explain that here in just a moment. Advent began probably a very early church. Um, we know for sure that it was at least being celebrated in 400 AD, but probably even older than that, that the early church, especially in Europe, was celebrating Advent. Now, a lot of people talk about Christmas, and they talk about how Christmas was just a stolen pagan holiday. Have you ever heard that before? Christmas is just a stolen pagan holiday, the winter solstice, and Christians stole it, and they celebrate it. I prefer to say that Christians baptized it, okay? <laughs> Christians baptized a bad holiday, and they gave it a spiritual new meaning, right? And we held that sucker under for as long as we possibly could, and we pulled it out, and it is now a Christian holiday. Now, I want to explain what Advent is, um, you may think that Jesus was born on December 25th. Jesus was not born on December 25th. We don't know when Jesus was born. The reason why December 25th was chosen is because it's the season, it's the time of the year where the days are getting darker and darker and darker and darker. And the church chose to celebrate the coming of Jesus, the arrival of Jesus, Jesus' birth. They chose to celebrate Jesus' birth not at the lightest time of the year, not at the warmest time of the year, not at the brightest time of the year. They chose to celebrate the arrival of light on earth at the darkest time of the year. We don't know when Jesus' birthday was, so you know what? We're gonna celebrate it at the darkest, coldest, most dreary season that we possibly can. That's when we're gonna celebrate the birth of Jesus. Right, so December 25th is not his birthday, but December 25th is when the church chose to celebrate. Now Christmas 
is Christ Mass. Mass is the gathering together, the service together to honor and worship Christ, right? It is the Christ Mass. It is where we come together. It's, it's Jesus' celebration. It's the service of Jesus. But the church didn't just celebrate Christmas on the day of Christmas. The church made an entire season of celebrating Christmas. That season was called Advent. Advent is Latin. It means arrival. It is not just any arrival. It's the arrival of a king. It's the arrival of an emperor. It's the arrival of a new time, a new season, a new day. And so we celebrate Advent as the arrival of Jesus, our King of kings and Lord of lords, the King, the Messiah, the God of all, the he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. The government will rest upon his shoulders. When we celebrate Advent, we're celebrating the arrival of Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. The government will rest upon his shoulder. To of his kingdom and of his peace, there will be no end. That's what we choose to celebrate, the arrival of Jesus. Now, every political party, every political leader, every king, every president, every senator has a platform that they run on. This is the platform. This is the thing that I'm going to do. This is the thing that I'm going to bring. And Advent has four themes, because with the birth of Jesus, this is his platform. This is what he brought into the world. And the four themes of Jesus, the arrival of King Jesus, he brought to us hope, peace, joy, and love. And so Advent is about marking out the four weeks before Christmas to celebrate the hope of Jesus the hope of the peace that Jesus brings, the joy that Jesus brings, the love that Jesus brings. That is what King Jesus is known for. King Jesus is known for hope, peace, joy, and love. That is what our King brought into a dreary, dark world. That's what he brought into the world. That's what Advent is. We celebrate the arrival. Now I want to share three thoughts with you about Advent. Number one is this. Advent is a season of new beginnings. It's a season of new beginnings. Now, I know what you're doing. I'm doing it too. It's the end of the year. It's the end of, uh, end of 2021. I'll get to that in January. <laughs> you step on the scale, I'll get to that in January. You open the closet in your house, I'll get to that in January. A dead mouse is in your wall, I'll get to that in January. I know what you're doing because I'm doing it too. I'll get to that in January. I'll deal with that in January. I'll clean that up in January. We tend to think of our year beginning in January. January is kind of the beginning of the calendar year. Or maybe if you're in business, you start at the fiscal year, which I believe is in the fall. Is that right, Robin? Robin's a CPA. He's my, he's my father-in-law, and he is brilliant, right? If you need your taxes done, don't go to him because he's got too many people going to him right now. <laughs> It's not actually too many people, it's me too many times. <laughs> I go to him, hey, I have a question, hey, I have a question, hey, I have a question. He just has one client who talks to him all day long. Um, but the fiscal year, right, maybe that's the beginning of a business year. The church begins its year with Advent. Historically, the church has begun its year, the beginning of what we call the liturgical year. Now, that's a big fancy word. 
all liturgy means is public worship. You have private worship where you worship God privately, but the church has public worship where we come together and we worship God together. I'll say this another way. You have a personal relationship with your grandma, right? But at Thanksgiving, you have a corporate relationship with grandma. Everybody comes and gathers around grandma. You know what I'm talking about, right? So you have a, you have a personal relationship, but then you have a corporate relationship. The church has a corporate relationship with Jesus. We don't just worship him independently. We worship him together as a body, right? We worship him together as a family. And Advent was the beginning of the church preaching calendar, the church public worship calendar. That means that they didn't start their year in January. They started their year in December with Advent. Jesus has come. Jesus the King. That means that the beginning of their preaching calendar was not January five steps to a new you, right? (laughs) New you in 22. Come on, somebody. (laughs) We got a new series coming up this January. New you in 22, right? Um, And and we're going to talk about you, 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 you. That's what we're going to preach about. We're going to preach about you, 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 and how you, 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 you can be a better you, 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 you. No, the beginning of the preaching calendar is Jesus is king, and he has arrived. It's a season of new beginnings. The new you that you so desperately want to be is found in Jesus. So it's not like five steps to have a new you in 22, right? What it is, is Jesus is king. Come let us adore him. Come let us worship him. Come let us honor him. And as we do that, it's a time of new beginnings, new seasons. I want to read to you this verse in Corinthians. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So good. The new beginning that you so desperately want doesn't start January 2022. It starts today with Advent. It starts today with hope. It starts today with the arrival of King Jesus. Advent is a season of new beginnings. Here's thought number two. Advent is a season, not just of new beginnings, but Advent is a season of preparation. We are preparing. What are we preparing for? We're preparing our hearts, right, for the arrival of Jesus. Now, I know also one thing that we do as Americans is we take the Christmas season and we feast like crazy, right? We eat like crazy. We have party after party. We have meeting after meeting of, you know, now we got a work party. Now we got a house party. Now we got a family party. Now we got this party. Now we got this thing. And everything has way too much food at it, right? It's eating, 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 eating. And we tend to think that in January, you know, I'll feast through December and I'll fast through January, And you know what fasting is in that? It's really just a really aggressive weight loss program. (laughs) I ate way too much in December, 
So what I'm gonna do now is I am going to fast in January and I'm gonna seek God, right? But really, what am I doing? I'm just trying to lose these love handles, right? Um, and so that's what we do. Now, the early church, I hate to say this to you, it's gonna ruin your life, okay? Here we go. The early church didn't feast and then fast. They fasted and then they feasted. So why is that? Because they were feasting in, they were fasting in preparation to feast in celebration. They were fasting in preparation so that they would feast in celebration. G.K. Chesterton talks about drinking alcohol and he says that the world drinks to forget, but Christians drink to remember. In other words, the world says, I like the way this makes me feel. I'm just gonna drink, 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 drink nonstop. Just, if, it, you know, if it's good, I'm just gonna keep more, 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 more. Numb, 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 forget, forget, forget. And what he says is that the church uses alcohol as celebration, as remembering. As often as you do this, remember me. We don't drink to numb ourselves out. We drink in celebration. And so what he says is we abstain so that when we feast, it's, it's a celebratory time. And this message isn't about drinking alcohol or not drinking alcohol. The point is that our mindset as Americans is if I like it and it's good, I want to just binge on it. I just want to, if food is good, if Christmas food is good, I'm just going to binge, 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 binge. But what the early church did was they stay three days a week, every week up until Christmas, they would take three days a week and they would fast in preparation for the feast. Listen, God doesn't want, like, when we fast, it's not like we fast because God's going to look at us and he's going to be like, I like you better because you're hungry right now, Okay. It's not like we fast because God's like, I, I, you know, I need you to, I need you to be, you know, super holy, whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm not eating. I'm, I'm such a holy person. No, when we fast, what it is, is it's, um, our spirit, our soul, and our body is clearing out the old. It's making room for the new. It's clearing out the junk. It's clearing out the sin. It's clearing out the sludge. It's clean, clearing out the fat. It's clearing out all of it to make room for the new. Advent's a season of new beginnings, but what does God want? He wants you to walk in a new beginning, in new life, and so a season of preparation. Every week up until Christmas, maybe, maybe instead of fasting, maybe you've got all these plans and you're like, man, I can't fast, I can't do that, I can't, I, I gotta tell you, when I was preparing for this message and I saw that they fasted, I went, I'm totally changing the way that I approach my fasting schedule, right? I'm not gonna wait till January to do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump the gun and I'm gonna say, God, prepare my heart. Make room. I'm making room for you. I'm making room for you. But maybe if, maybe if your thing isn't fasting, maybe it's turn off social media for a little bit. Maybe it's turn off the TV for a little bit. Maybe it's turn off and just make room for Jesus. Make room for Jesus. We're preparing our hearts for the arrival of a king. The famous song, Joy to the World, was written by a man named Isaac Watts. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, right? What are we to do this Christmas? Prepare room for God. Make room. Make room for Jesus in your life. Clear out the old. Clear out that sin. Clear out that addiction. God, I, I'm going to give that up. I'm going to pass that. I'm going to make room for you, Jesus. 
And then when you're here with me, I'm gonna celebrate with you. I'm gonna celebrate with the arrival of King Jesus. That's what Advent is a season for. It's not just a season of new beginnings, it's a season also of preparation. And here's the last one. It's a season of hopeful anticipation. Hopeful anticipation. Today is the first week of Advent, and the message, the theme of Advent today is hope. Hope. Man, what a beautiful song we sang earlier, right before this message, a message of hope. You might feel like you're in the waiting season. You might feel like you're, you know, you're waiting for a miracle. You're waiting for God to move. You're waiting for this. You're waiting for that. But we have a hopeful anticipation. We have a hopeful anticipation. We have reason for hope. Our hope is not, um, it is not founded in nothingness. Our hope is founded in Jesus. He is our hope. He is our salvation, right? It's a hopeful anticipation. The early church would light a candle every week of Advent. And every week they would light the one that they lit last week as well. So week one would be one candle. Week two would be two candles. Week three would be three candles. Week four, four candles. And then you'd have the Christ candle, the last candle that would be lit. And what I love about that is as the season was getting darker and darker and darker, the church was getting lighter and lighter and lighter. Every single week that the world was getting darker and darker and darker, the church would have been getting lighter and lighter and lighter. You know one thing that blows my mind is January is still dark. January is still super dark, but people take all their lights down. Why is that? That's rooted in the Christian tradition of lighting up the world as we go into the Christmas season, right? There's, that's, that's a hangover tradition of how we, we lighten up the world. Man, we have a hopeful anticipation. We're not hoping in money. We're not hoping in circumstance. We're not hoping in my health or your health. We're hoping in Christ Jesus himself. We have a hopeful anticipation. Now, Advent was not just the celebration of the arrival of Jesus, the first arrival of Jesus. It was also the celebration of the second arrival of Jesus. We have two arrivals. The first arrival is when Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, placed in a manger. He was worshiped by shepherds and wise men came and worshiped him and gave him gifts. And he grew up and he, he walked in no sin at all. He died and he rose again, right? That's the first arrival. But the second arrival, the Bible says that he is going to return. That Jesus is going to return and he's gonna return as a righteous judge. Not only is Jesus king, he is judge, right? And when he returns, he's gonna return in splendor. He's gonna return in majesty. He's gonna return in wonder. He's gonna return to judge the living and the dead as the Apostles' Creed says, right? He's gonna judge the living and the dead. When Jesus comes, he's coming back in full glory. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, why didn't God come the first time the way he's gonna come the second time? Why didn't Jesus come to this earth just right off the bat in full glory, in full splendor? Why didn't he just come like that right away? And C.S. Lewis says, God was giving us a chance. He was giving you and me a chance to get on Team Jesus. So that when Jesus came to judge the living and the dead, that some of us might be found in him, that we might be found in Jesus, right? 
C.S. Lewis describes it as a war, and he says that the rightful king has landed an enemy-occupied territory. That's when Jesus was born on earth in his first arrival. But when Jesus comes again, it will not be in secret. It will not be hiding. The whole world is going to stop. The whole world is going to come to a screeching halt and see the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's why when the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, the first time he said, I'm going to give you the option to bow. The second time, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. So the first arrival is Jesus in a manger. The second arrival is Jesus in his splendor, in his majesty, in his wonder. Now, you and I have darkness right now, right in this moment. And so you and I are living in the in-between of the two arrivals. This is you. <laughs> uh, you and I are living in the in-between of the first arrival and the second arrival. That means that the Advent season, we both look back in remembrance and we look forward in hopeful anticipation. Well, how do we know that Jesus is actually gonna come again? How do we know that that's just not some weird promise that like is never gonna happen? Well, we know that he's gonna come again because he made good on his first promise to come the first time. He, you know, when he prophesied for hundreds of years, literally the Old Testament, thousands of years of prophecy that Jesus would come and then Jesus is born and he fulfills tons of prophecies, hundreds if not thousands of prophecies are fulfilled by his birth alone. If he made good on that promise, we know he will make good on the second promise. I think sometimes the world looks at us and we're all standing, kind of imagine this, where we're all standing at a train station and we're waiting for a train to come and, and other people are putting their hope in other things, right? They're, they're, they're trying to run there themselves. They're trying to get there themselves, you know, whatever it is. And we're standing just waiting for the train to come and people are mocking us no, no train is coming. How do you know a train's coming? And you point to the sign, and the sign says, um, I'm coming again. The train's coming again. And you're like, how do you know this train is coming again, right? Well, it was here before, like it said it was going to be, and so I know that it's gonna come again, like it said it would, right? And so I'm not putting my hope in my own ability or my own progress or my own, I'm putting my hope in the second coming of Jesus. I'm putting my hope that if he came the first time, he will return again like he said he would. Now, but Kyle, I, I'm right now, right now, I'm facing darkness, right now. And like, it's great that like, the end of the story is good, but like, what about right now? Here's the hope I wanna give you today. If Jesus was releasing a film series, right? He's releasing a trilogy, Jesus has released the first film, and he's released the, spoiler alert, here's how the third film ends. But what he hasn't released is that middle film. You and I are living in that middle film. We're living in that middle day, in that middle age, where we're in between the beautiful setup of the first film, and we know the triumphant ending of the third film, but we're somewhere in the middle, stuck, like in darkness, in confusion, in this, this, this thing. The hope that I wanna give you though is that we know how the story ends. We know how this story ends. 
I have to admit to you, um, when, when COVID first started in March of 2020, I was telling Kenzie, oh, babe, there's this really bad virus overseas, and it's like, it's really dangerous, whatever. And she's like, Kyle, shut up. Stop saying this. My wife's a nurse. She's like, stop saying this. Every five weeks, there's some big virus that's going to kill everybody, right? And, it, and just shut up. Stop talking about this. And she started laughing about how, you know, we always freak out about this new strain of this or this new thing. Then when COVID actually hit and we actually locked down, she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't know what I was talking about. I'm so sorry. So then we kind of, we were cautious and we were watching. I was watching on the news this other day about this new strain, this new thing, right? This new thing. And I just started laughing. I just started laughing because I, I, through this whole thing, what God has reminded me over and over and over again is you know how the story ends. You know how the story ends. But Kyle, you don't understand. Right now, I have a loved one. Or right now, I have this thing going on. Yeah, the, even that is not the end of the story. Well, Kyle, I lost this loved one, and, and you know they, I lost my family members, and I lost. Even that is not the end of the story. Right? I, how, do you, how do you win against an army where the commander keeps bringing people back to life? The devil is fighting a war and he thinks he has won because he has a casualty over here and a casualty over here. When Jesus returns, those people are going to stand back up again. Like they will rise again, right? It's not the end of the story. A secular world that only believes in itself has no reason for hope. But a world that believes in a Jesus who was and is and is to come has every reason for hope. A world that believes in a Jesus who was and is and is to come has every reason to hope. I know you might be facing darkness right now. I know that you might be going through a tough time. I know that you might be going through a struggle. I'm not trying to belittle that struggle at all. I'm not trying to belittle your pain at all. I know, it, it's, I know it's awful. I know it's brutal. I'm not trying to belittle it. I'm not trying to dismiss it. I'm not trying to say it doesn't matter. Whatever pain that you're walking through, whatever pain that you're going through, I'm just saying that we have hope. We have hope. The hope is not just in a better tomorrow. The hope is not just in this, okay, well, everything turned out great. Good job. We learned the hard way that if you put your hope in a vaccine or if you put your hope, they're saying on the news the other day, Omicron evades immunity from previous immunity, evades vaccine immunity, evades... So all these people who are putting their hope in Pfizer and Moderna and whatever, like, listen, that's not our ultimate hope. Jesus is our ultimate hope. This is not an anti-vax statement. I'm just saying that so that Instagram doesn't take me down again. Did you guys know Instagram took me down? They took me down. I preached on cancel culture, and that week I got canceled. I'm not even making that up. Not even making it up. And still to this day, they won't tell me why they took me down. They said, you violated our terms of service. And I Googled, Googled online, and they said, what you say in response is, my lawyer says I did not violate your terms of service. So I just sent, my lawyer says, I don't have a lawyer, right? <laughs> my lawyer, take that out so Instagram doesn't know that next time. <laughs> my lawyer says I did not. Within 10 minutes, they brought my account back online. So if they do that to you, just say, my lawyer said, right? Um, Jesus is my lawyer, right? Uh, <laughs> um, somebody, somebody posted a meme that said, 
ask, ask Mima how she's doing this Christmas, and then there's like this thing that said, fully vaccinated by the blood of Jesus, right? It's like that poster that you put on your wall, and it's so great. Um, so they took me down. They, they, they took me down off, the, uh, off Instagram, whatever. They're gonna, they're gonna probably take me down again for saying all this stuff, but, um, but you know, like we, we, we're, we're going through, we're going through these tough seasons, these tough times. You put your faith and your hope in a vaccine. You put your faith and your hope in, listen, those might be temporary relief to a temporary problem, but what you and I need is a real hope a real hope, right? Hope for salvation, hope for reconciliation with God. Reconciliation, right standing with God. Hope for um, freedom, hope for, man, God is at work in my life, right? And so what I wanna leave you with here today is no matter what thing your messy middle is, it is bookended by two awesome parts of a story of the first arrival of Jesus, the first advent of Jesus, and the final advent of Jesus. We don't just look backward in remembrance and in joy, but we look forward in anticipation. We look forward in hope. The Bible says, don't mourn as those who have no hope. So we're not, we're not supposed to sit around and cry as those who have no hope. It's okay to mourn, but mourn with hope mourn knowing that this is not the end. The story is not over. God Almighty is working. He's alive. He was and is and is to come. The challenge I'm gonna leave you with as we go into this Advent season is let this be the beginning of your year. Let this be the beginning of a new season for you. Let Advent be the mark of new beginnings in your life. Let this season be a time of preparation for you, of clearing out the old, of clearing out the, the gunk, of cleaning out all the stuff and saying, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna prepare room in my life for you, Jesus. And let this be a season of hopeful anticipation that you're not sitting around scared or nervous or in fear, but you're walking in fullness of joy and peace and love and hope. God, we trust you. I wanna pray a prayer over you. God, Christmas season is a challenging season for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who lose loved ones this time of year or have tough memories, or maybe right now they're facing a tough situation right this second, right this moment. God, it is not when the world is dark that we lose hope, but it's exactly at that time when we shine the light of hope, the the light of Jesus. As the world gets darker and darker and darker, God, we pray that the church would get brighter and brighter and brighter. There is a hope. His name is Jesus. Darkness may have many, many, many names, but the name of light is Jesus. He is life, and that life is the light of men, and that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We thank you for today for hope, God. We thank you for hope in every situation. In Jesus' name, everybody said?